This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley underbelly on the other side of the tracks down on the docks. Speak easy, die bar style podcast up and about the Seattle Kraken. No, I mean the Seattle Mariners. Okay, how about both? No, this is a Mariners podcast. But if you're watching this on YouTube or on the social media, we're all decked out in our Kraken gear, or at least I am. What an amazing, crazy sports day for Seattle fans. You had the Kraken, you had the Sounders, you had the Mariners. Uh, Mariners and Kraken with big wins especially the Kraken with the playoff wins. Anyways, we're talking about this right here on the Odyssey app or through Odyssey Sports or wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. And listen, no, we are going to talk mainly Mariner stuff, but just wanted to give a shout out to the Kraken. Anyways, also, if you're looking for that rye bread and mustard gear, hit up at simply.cora. That's at simply.cora on Instagram. Also, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, our uh, YouTube page is up until we move over to the Odyssey Sports page. You can get all of our uh, episodes and the little mini episodes over there. And, you know, if you haven't said hi, maybe when you're on, like, I don't know, Apple Pods, give us one of those five-star reviews. Uh, you know, we like those five tool baseball players here on this podcast, but you know what we like more than that? Those five star reviews. Anyways, today is a good day. You're listening to this. It's Monday morning. Uh, the Mariners just finished up a big three game series with the hated Houston Astros. And guess what? The Mariners, if you have not paid attention, I don't know if you're getting out of jail. I don't know what the deal is here. Maybe you didn't know the Mariners take two or three from the Houston Astros. We're here to talk about it really quickly. Uh, you know, and then there's another game today. A new series starts with the Texas Rangers. But when I say we're here to talk about it, guess who's back? Big reveal if you're watching this on YouTube or well, a stream. There he is, Hanno up in Edmonds. What's up, Hanno? Hey, how's it going? It's going great. Were you not listening to my intro? Everything is peaches and cream. Uh, really quick, tell me what you think about the Kraken. We just finished up watching that. Yeah, it was nice for them to uh, get a good good victory in game three. Thank you for that uh, great analysis there, Hanno. That was, that was great. Anyways, we're talking Mariners. They take two of three. We were talking. It could have been easily uh, a sweep either way, but the Mariners end up taking two of three. What's your big takeaways? Still seeing some mistakes, um, like you said. Um, could have gotten swept. Could have swept them. Uh, nice to see some hitting with two outs. Um, really nice to see the young arm and Bryce Miller really make his second great start. Um, J.P. Crawford got a hand it to him. He's played really good uh, defensively. I've noticed lately and offensively. 
Jared Kelnick's doing his thing, and Julio is uh, hopefully coming out of his mini slump. So, and then Colton Wong, he's put together a nice little string, but he got banged up. So, yeah, that's kind of my takeaway. It's nice to get the uh, series victory versus the Houston Astros. It's huge. It's huge, and we don't play the Astros as much as we do typically because of the new the new schedule where we play each division opponent six less times. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel like right now the team that Houston has, you can obviously tell that the starting pitching just isn't what it, we are accustomed to always seeing out of them. Yes and no. I mean, sure, they got, you know, a guy who just went down, um, Garcia, with Tommy John, just like we did with Robbie Ray. But, um, hey, if we didn't get those clutch hits later in the game in game two, we could have, you know, easily lost that game. And then today's was a close one. So, uh, you know, it's it's just – it's baseball. It could go either way. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of things happened this weekend in this series – and like we were saying, yeah, it could it could have went either way. If you go back to Friday night, you know, the Mariners got hosed on a, a strike three. Very next pitch turned into a two-run home homer. Uh, we had Scott Service going out there and letting the umpire know what he thought about it. Got himself kicked out. What did you see right there, and how much do you think that affected the, the rest of that game? Yeah, I mean, it affected it, no doubt. Um, but – you know, you got to come back from that and make the next pitch, um, you know. But, you know, Matt Brash, I believe that's the first home run he's ever given up as a reliever. So, I mean, he's been really good. He's he's erratic at times, fine in the zone. But for the most part, he's dominant when he goes out there. You kind of know what you're getting with him. Yeah, you saw him in game three come out, you know, in, in a tough situation and get the outs and get us out of that inning. So, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to have affected him. I think uh, also in that back to that game one, I know we're kind of jumping around here, but the Mariners also had a good chance to get some, uh, you know, runners on base in that ninth inning. I don't know what happened there with the, uh, <laughs> I don't know what was going on there with Hernandez going around to second base. Didn't need to get a guy on second base. I get it. You could stay out of a double play, but that, that definitely – Definitely took the wind out of the sails. That was one of three I can remember from this series that was pitiful. Uh, Tom Murphy actually got away with one in game two that I'll go over later when we get into that. But, yeah, every game during the series, there was some bad base running. It's pathetic. Well, just how about this? Before we forget about that or I forget about it, I should say, let's just get into this base running. Let's just stop it right there. What are you seeing with the base running? And before, actually, before you answer that, we talked about this going into May. We had a list of things like, hey, we saw this in April. We don't want to see it in May. Uh, you know, strikeouts, the base running, the errors. I feel like we've seen a little less strikeouts. We haven't seen as many. I think we've seen some pretty good defense this week. The base running is still the thing that's still there that is is sore to the eyes right makes the eyes sore i should say oh no doubt makes the eyes sore and the blood boil i mean there's been so many bad base <laughs> running mistakes 
Um, yeah, Teoscar Hernandez, first game, doesn't know the situation. You're down by two. You get thrown out at second base. That's the first out. Then the next day, um, Tom Murphy on second base hits a double. So it's like, wow, thank God he finally got to second base finally this time this year. And he's on second, and there's a little bit of a line drive hit to the shortstop in Pena. He makes a nice play. Tom Murphy, you know, lunges towards third and realizes, oh, fuck, I fucked up, and dives back. Luckily, Pena makes a bad throw, so it's offline, and he's safe, and then he can get to third. So, I mean, it should be an out. That's another mistake on the basis. And then today, in the third game, you know, you got Ty France, same scenario getting doubled off. I agree. That was not a line drive. That was not the, like, I don't understand why it was right. I could get it if somebody hits the ball hard, but that was a broken bat. You could hear the sound of the broken bat. Yeah. And I mean, it was never like hit above, you know, maybe eight feet or so, you know, so you never thought the guy was, it was over anybody's head. Um, (laughs) Julio was on third base. He did not make any attempt to go, you know, you got to watch the runner in front of you. So, I mean, it was just, it's just more just bad, you know, just bad base running and the way these guys anticipate and plan out before the pitch is pitched. It just drives me nuts. Yeah. And I know there was a technically a pickoff or a, a caught stealing with, um, Haggerty early in the week, but that would seem to be a first movement move that he made. And, you know, he damn near almost got into second base. I feel like that's a little bit different than this, or do you think that's the same? Do you think that's bad base running? Uh, You know, with the pitch clock and them trying to, you know, get an advantage with one second and, you know, it's worked both ways where the pitcher has been successful and using it their advantage and i've also seen the runners so they're still trying to figure some things out so i'm you know i call i consider that more as of a caught stealing and that happens stolen bases you know when you try to steal you get caught sometimes but like those other things are just piss poor base running decisions yeah and, and these are things that they could easily clean up too you know you know it's not a personnel thing where we're we can't figure it out this is just something that can be easily picked up picked picked up and i also don't feel like it's like they're being over aggressive it's not a thing where they're being they're running through signs and or they're just taking big chances it's kind of like getting caught flat-footed uh deer in the headlights kind of stuff oh yeah for sure i mean we just expect a lot out of them and i think we're starting to see some better things you know taylor chamel i've liked seeing what i've seen from him on base you know scoring from first base on a double uh, the way he cuts the corners, that's good to see some good base running and, you know, us uh, on those extra base hits in the gap, being able to take that extra base. So yeah. I'm seeing some good things too, but, you know, it's too much of the, the bad stuff to just not forget about it and not bring it up. But other than that, it was a good uh, a good series. Like we said, it could have went either way, but the M's were able to pull it out. Yeah. Um, and you know what, when you're playing good teams like this, the world champions, the defending world champions, that's kind of, that's kind of the way it kind of goes with them. Um, but listen, let's be positive here for a minute. Peaches and cream, baby. Uh, the Mariners, you know, have won two series in a row. And like you always see and say is, what do you say, Hannah? Just win series, baby. Yeah. We're just winning those series, baby. 
I want to say the most exciting thing uh, this weekend, as far as the Mariners and something we haven't seen in a very long time, a seven run eighth inning. Uh, let's talk about that. Cause that was fun. Uh, the first thing that I'm going to point out to that is everybody in that inning that came to the plate. I know three guys had to get out at some point, but besides that, everybody had something positive to contribute to that when they batted around. And also I wanted to point out no home runs. I think those were the two really impressive things that I, I want to point out. Well, yeah, that's, you're right. I mean, that was nice to see. Sometimes people say home runs can be rally killers. And in this instance, you know, you know, we got the rally going without the home run. So maybe that was, there's something to that. So yeah, it was really nice to see the Mariners get a bunch of hits and concession and, and string a few together and get that big uh, inning. Yeah. And look at the momentum change of just the mojo around the Mariners too. Uh, you were looking at, we were staring down the barrel of going Owen to to start this series off, you know, the day before you tie it, we talked about it. The Matt Brash non call strike two run home run, the bad base running, and then you had this game where they just could not get anything going offensively. You Montero's in there. He gets two outs, you know, and this is Montero that, you know, you and I have always talked about how bad we just want to get to this guy because we know what he did when he was on the Mariners. This inning that he gave up is typically what we would see out of him every other time. And we finally got to this guy. It felt great. Um I don't know what was more exciting. I know there was more at stakes, but the five, the five goal second period of the Kraken or the seven run uh, eighth in, uh, which one got you more hyped up? Or is it apples and oranges? Yeah, it's apples and oranges. I mean, this is a playoff game versus uh, game 32 of the regular season so i look at them differently but i both yeah. like to see them win on a sunday and it makes for a better monday so i'm glad they both got a got a win to end off the weekend yeah i i obviously a playoff game is is much more important it just felt good against you know the astros the people that have been just pounding it to you for you know the last half decade and some and they're the world champions and they're in town and the Mariners honestly need this jolt that they've got right now. I mean, I know that we've talked a little bit about the base running and the hitting isn't consistently there throughout a game, but right now this is probably the best that they are playing. This is the best that they played all season in the last week. Yeah. You felt like they haven't been out of games. They fought late in games. Um, like you mentioned, um, the two out hits came this series. Um, yeah, really exciting. The pitching's been good. Um, yeah, Marco was good again. I mean, he gave up three, but he gave you a chance. He kept you in there for five innings. Just kind of, that's what Marco does. It is what it is, you know, and you just, we just got to remember that. And then, uh, yeah, it's always exciting. Yeah. Castillo as well. Go ahead. Yeah, no, Castillo on Friday night, you know, he made one mistake. He left that, he, the walk, or I should say two mistakes, got that walk, that two-out walk, and then, of course, he went with the changeup, and he left it right in the middle of the plate, 
But after that, he, he, you know, he bounced back in there, stayed in there, still gave you six innings, still gave you a chance to win, and the Mariners end up tying right there. And also, let's not forget, we haven't got to, if you've been waiting for it, yes, we got to see Bryce Miller today on Sunday, not pitching against the Oakland A's, pitching against the Houston Astros. How impressive was this start today? I think it, what it makes him so impressive is how he attacks. I mean, he kind of has that attitude with, like, see it and hit it. And he kind of, from what I can see, the few times I've seen him pitch this year, he's, like, he's very confident. And he just throws it by, guys. It's exciting. You know, we had Logan two years ago, Kirby last year, and this year Bryce. So, uh, hopefully it's more to come like the previous two guys I mentioned have uh, – another Mariner pitcher from within getting their start and really uh, contributing to us this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, CJ actually sent me something that uh, he Never saw. Heard on of Twitter. Him. Yeah. <laughs> <It's funny>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he sent me a tweet by Alex Mayer saying Bryce Miller is the first pitcher in MLB history with a sub 1.0 ERA plus 15 strikeouts and one walk or less over the pitcher's uh, first two career games. Wow, that's a great stat. Thanks for sending that in. Uh, without the stat department here lately, it's it's nice to have someone else contribute. Yeah, and again, I'll, I'll repeat that. Bryce Miller is the first pitcher in Major League history with a sub 1.0 ERA with 15 or more strikeouts and one walk or less in his first two starts ever in baseball. Wow. Yeah, I mean, what's huge about this, uh, Bryce Miller, and if he can, you know, keep it up, I'm sure he's on some sort of uh, pitch count like the the guys that they're always bringing up they're going to watch. But what's really helpful of this is like, hey, this kind if he can keep this up, it definitely lessens the, you know, sting a bit of losing Robbie Ray and not having to really, like, think they have to go and outsource and look for a veteran and look and make a trade for somebody. If, if, if this is what's coming up from the farm system, then at least they have that part handled. Yeah. I'm really, really not ready to take it as far. Maybe as I'm listening to hear what you're saying is after two starts, but we'll see. And what I'm saying is if he can keep this up is what I started the statement with. Yeah, but Robbie Ray's been doing it for many years. Um, we'll see. This guy's only thrown two starts. Long sure. ways to go. Sure. And he's done something that, you know, no other player has ever done. So, obviously, he's not going to keep it up at this pace. But it it is nice to see a guy that goes there and just attacks the strikes, strike zone, just like Kirby. You know, you're going to get the ball's going to be in play. You're going to get the swings. You're going to get the misses. You know, he's got that, he's got that, what, 96, 97 mile an hour fastball right at the knees. I, re- I really like seeing that. Yeah, he's got some good command. I agree with you. That's something I noticed as well, too. And I mean, that's what has made Kirby, um, you know, amazing in his first, you know, full years, how good his command is. And, yeah, Bryce Miller, the way he's locating it, just as phenomenal. And with that slider as well, it's really it's really fun to watch, huh, Myron? 
Yeah, it's it's really fun. And he and he's got that swag to him too. I know he's a Texas boy. I listened to him uh, talk uh, for the first time. Never heard his voice. He's definitely got that Texan accent. He's got that mustache and that like you know like nineteen eighties like uh, race car Miss Budweiser look to him. Yeah, but uh, and to just to finish up on Bryce Miller, like of course, uh, this is what we were expecting. We're getting a little bit more than what we expected right now, uh, but. He, as of right now, he is like must-see TV um, as far as a starter for me. Hi, this is Tom Pachorka of the Seattle Mariners, inviting everybody to come on out to the Kingdom on August 23rd for Mariners Funny Nose Glasses Night. I Be the first Tom. in your neighborhood Tom, to have... Tom, I'm sorry. August 23rd is not Funny Nose Glasses Night. It's Jacket Night, Tom. Jacket Night? Yes, every kid 14 and under gets an official Mariners vinyl jacket free, Tom. Jacket, no nose. No funny nose no glasses, nose. no. I'm sorry. Hmm. What am I going to do with 30,000 pairs of funny nose glasses? That's your problem, Tom. Another guy, there's a couple of guys. There's lots of guys. We had another pitcher this weekend make his major league debut. Then comes in, gets a scoreless inning. We've had, you know, Topa come up. If you want to hear a great story on Topa, uh, go listen to uh, Trident Talk. We have Spire, like new guys Spire. We've had, now we have the uh, Caballero. You mean playing second? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Caballero. The Mariners have had really, really good luck so far. or just been very fortunate that everybody they've brought up has contributed. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Caballero has really stepped in uh, for being a rookie. Um, doesn't look afraid at all and has done quite no. well in the chances that uh, he's been given. So, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, Got him and for it, pitcher Mike Leak back in 19, uh, or 19? 2000, 2019, excuse me. <laughs> I was going to say, damn, he's been in the organization uh, for a long time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we've just been on this good run of people that we're bringing up from Toma you know, contributing, especially with him. You're right. You, you mentioned he's got a little edge to him. A uh, service talks about that. He doesn't seem afraid. No, nobody that's telling a veteran, uh, you know, catcher to back off and talking to the umpires quite a bit about, you know, the rules with the, with the batter as pertains to the pitch clock. And, and I've actually heard some interviews prior to this almost dust up between the two um, clubhouses today. Uh, that he seems to be like, hey, his attitude is, I've been playing in the minor leagues for the last two years. I know the rules. I know how they work. And he kind of insinuated that some people and maybe the umpires and players don't really understand how it is. Oh, really? That's an interesting take. I like it. I like Caballero for saying that. That's a, He's right. He's gone through it. He knows the rule. That's a good that- point. That's what I've taken from the interview that that I listened to. And this was prior to this almost dust up here in game three. This was from the week before, because if you go back and you watch him in Toronto, I believe it is, uh, he he had a thing with, going on with the umpires there, too. And, oh, okay. And then, and then listening to Scott Service today, they're talking about, you know, how the, the batter has, what, eight seconds to look at the pitcher? And his... His uh, approach to it is he's going to look up right before he has one more second before a violation, which is totally fair. 
Wow. They've good for Caballero. He's figured it out. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's gotten used to this, like you mentioned, by you know, going through this in the minors. Wow. Yeah, and he, you know, didn't seem very afraid to say that. He's played, you know, he played in the WBC this year. He's played in some big games, some big crowds. He's, you know, I think he's been a real big spark plug. Yeah, he's been a pleasant surprise. I mean, I heard his name a lot during spring training. They gave him a lot of run, especially at shortstop, you know, late in late inning games. Heard Caballero's name a lot. And uh, it's good to see that, you know, that they had the confidence in bringing him up and he succeeded. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Julio and let's just throw Ty France in there. The, the, the one and two leading into this series just was not contributing. The top of the lineup was not contributing. What do you got to say about this, Hannah? Yeah. I mean, Ty France had a pretty decent series and yeah. homestand so far. Um, you definitely noticed him going, the, going the other way with the ball. Angie Manting was, you know, really commenting on that and how he was staying be- hands in behind the ball and all that stuff on the broadcast on Saturday he had a nice game. And yeah, Julio just seems like he's been struggling. They've been pounding him in and then, you know, soft stuff away. Um, you know, maybe that's the book on him or what the, that's what they're trying now lately. He still, you know, seems to get, you know, put one over the fence every so often like he did today. So hopefully he's coming out of it and, uh, He's going to start, you know, really taking off like he did last year in his second month of the start of the regular season. There was uh, an out in game two that he made that was, what, 115 off the bat. Uh, But there's one small thing I want to say I was very impressed with and honestly was him taking a walk today (laughs) before he hit the home run. seems like he's been swinging, Uh, just hasn't been making those 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 choices that we were accustomed to him doing last year. And that goes through the whole lineup, you know? So uh, when you're, tra- you're saying choices, you're talking about pitch selection, pitch selection. Okay. Yeah. Do you agree or do you disagree? Yeah. I mean, I, I would have to agree. I mean, yes, I would agree. And like I said, that's throughout the lineup, specifically even the, the weeks leading into this. And and also the other person is Ty France. Like you said, great series, hitting the ball good. The, the only mistake he made all series was obviously the base running mistake, but hitting the ball good. Um, prior to that, seeing a lot of uh, weird swings, like weird choices for pitches. You know, he sat down um, and then he, I think he was ill. And since then, he's uh, seemed to, you know, bounce out of it, especially going into the series against Houston. And he always hits uh, Houston really well. So that's good to see. Yeah, that is good to see. Um, Hopefully it it continues, you know, um, the rest of this homestand, you know, with Texas coming in now next. So, yeah, it's a good sign to see Ty France doing well lately. Yeah, it it was a huge weekend. I know... We looking at some, but like they had the City Connect uh, premiere on Friday night. They had the events. Harold Reynolds has been in town. Also, if you want to hear a great, great interview, go check out that Trident talk with Harold Reynolds. He was actually talking about like how much talent the Mariners had when they started this organization to 
early on, just like the Mariners do now. But the problem was, uh, again, they didn't keep things together. And it was interesting, interesting take on it of how they couldn't match bringing in free agents. They and, you know, they would trade their talent away for, you know, established talent, but never could do both. Never could sign talent and trade away. Uh, they can never get the two things going. But this is the first time I've ever heard that anybody ever say the big change was when Jeff Smolian came in here and <laughs> made the change for the organization, which I thought was an interesting take. But if you go listen to uh, that uh, Trident talk with him, it's it's really good. But he was just pumped up about the, the Mariners. I know we hear a lot of, of from MLB Network, but I thought this was really good also on there. There, I said there's the, the Topa interview and then, um, you know, Bryce Miller. So uh, I wanted to say that uh, Gary Hill and Aaron Goldsmith did a really good job on this episode that the, they had here right before game three. Go check that out. And maybe when you go uh, check that out and you write a comment, be like, hey, we heard about it on Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast. Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. We have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. There was one time I came out of a watering hole in West Seattle watching some guy had been overserved, and I came out. I came out of the restaurant, and he goes, "You're the Mariner guy." I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "Could you do Ken Griffey Jr.?" And I said, "Okay." So I did it, and he goes, "You're a great man." <laughs> Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. Hear the full episode on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. But uh, anything else that you want to talk about, Hanno? I mean, what do you what do you think about this Rangers series? Yeah, with Degrom going on the DL, you know that's not surprising that we're gonna miss him at least at some point this year. Um, Texas has been hitting the ball and putting runs up, but uh, and also getting good pitching from the rest of their new um, pitchers. You know, they've really reformed that whole pitching staff, so. It's going to be interesting to see another tough series. Uh, you know, as you know, when we play Texas, it seems like a lot of these games are wild. So I would expect more of that. Yeah. And, and Garcia, I'm just scared of that guy. <laughs> that guy always scares me. And let's not forget, you know, the Rangers are in first place in our division. We're three and a half games back. So, you know, you do the math. Uh, we also have uh, a, a team in front of us by a game and a half. Uh, Angels playing pretty good recently. And us and the Astros are uh, tied at three and a half games back. And then, yeah, then we got Oakland, which is a whole nother story. But, uh, hey, they got eight wins now. Um, but, yeah, I think this is a good, uh, I mean, a good opportunity for the Mariners to, you know, go back out on the road with, you know, definitely – some momentum pulling yourself up to the top of the division you know you win, you win two out of three of these games you're picking up a game you sweep them you're only a half game out and again we've talked about this and you're going to hear this all year long everywhere is you got six less games against you know your division foes and right now with the mariners the angels and the astros everybody bunched up these are these are really important games with that being said hanno it's been a long 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 sports weekend especially Sunday night. Everybody's getting this on Monday morning. But you know what time it is. Check.
charge. That sounded like it was running on a flat tire there. All right. Charge. You owed that me one. That one a little anyway. better. Yeah, you owed me one.